week, Finn. Nice. Yeah, that's that's fine. God, you're so much better looking, Nick, than last week. <laughs> last week. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm attributing that to the hair. You're you're kind of in a weird. I know it's the, hair, the hair's in a weird. I, I don't know. What are we doing? I don't fucking know. It's in an it's in an in between length, so I don't. I never know what to do with it when it's this like. Like you're almost once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. A month away from there. Yeah, it'll be fine in like two to three weeks. I think. Mm. I mean, I like it. I'm just saying, like, it's just. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's not ideal. Um, pretty chill week for me. Antonio, what about you? I am dead. That that rough of a week. I may have a kidney stone, so oh, got that happening. Shit, it's been a rough year for my guy. Yeah, don't turn thirty. Well, thanks, Mike. You could have let me know a little bit sooner. Well, I tried. I would have killed myself you three months. Listen, ago. <laughs> could be worse. Could have COVID. I guess. Knock on wood. Oh man, I would. I would have. I would much rather have COVID. You say that. Although a kidney stone. It's pretty rough. I've been fine today. I've been fine since like two o'clock yesterday, but So did you go to the doctor or Yeah, but they didn't really besides pain medications, they kind of shrugged it off. So I have like a follow up next week, so we'll see. How does that work? Like if it's small enough, surely they just they're like It'll just pass on its own. Right. This is gonna drink suck lots of fluids. It's gonna suck for you. You're just gonna have to piss out a solid rock more or less. So did your lower back hurt? Is that how you knew my lower back and my uh, front abdomen area? Okay. And then I just, I couldn't sit or lie down. Like nothing was comfortable. Wednesday I woke up like at four 30 and was like vomiting from like 5 AM to about 8 AM. Vomiting. Wait, why were you from the pain or from, I guess it was from the pain. Jesus Christ. No, wait, what? What was making you vomit? I'm confused. Was it the pain or no? I I I don't know, Brandon. If I knew, I would have stopped it. <laughs> okay, so but I mean, okay, were, you, were you in pain while you were vomiting? Yes. Oh, Did okay. it hurt so much so that you it elicited a physical reaction? Maybe stuff coming out of your mouth because you were in pain. Like the chicken and the egg, though, right? Like. <laughs> What what did they say? so like I don't I that's always been one of my nightmares. Me too. Knock on wood. Not like I know I'm going to jinx it, but that's the one thing I have yet to have is a kidney stone, and I'm just like, mm. the first Great, clinic I STD. went to, they were like, we think it's just. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. They were like, we think it's just food poisoning. They thought it was so food me, poisoning. Yeah, so they just gave me like anti like nausea medication. And then I went elsewhere and they're like, yeah, it's probably a kidney stone, but they're just like, it should pass on its own. Here's some pain medication. Fuck Here's no. You, you got to pass. Yeah, that's right. You got to pass those things, right? Yeah. Oh. God. Depending on your situation, you may need nothing more than to take pain medication and drink lots of water. Jesus Christ. Yep. This is not helping. That's what I've been doing. Fuck. And just suck it up. Severe sharp pain in the side and back below the ribs. Pain yep. that yep. comes in waves and fluctuates in intensity. Most kidney stones are calcium stones, usually in the form of calcium oxalate. I have not given up drinking milk, so. You drink milk? Just straight up, just drink milk? 
my guy. Oh, yeah. I drink milk like it's water. It's delicious and nutritious. Are you guys serious? The happiest moment of my life, or one of the happiest moments of my life, <laughs> I was, gonna, I was, was in college when I moved in with my three roommates, uh, where we were trying to figure out like the gr- the grocery budget, and I found out none of them drank milk, and I was like, oh, perfect, then I can just buy my own milk, and I don't have to worry about rationing that. Nice. It's the little things, man. That's right. That's right. Brandon, do you drink milk? Just to drink milk? Yeah, I love drinking milk straight up. Straight up. <laughs> but it's whole milk, right? Y'all aren't drinking 2% bullshit, are y'all? Oh, it's 2% for me. Yeah, I get 2% because that's what I was told to drink as like my pediatrician when I was like five, six. <laughs> when you were like 30. <laughs> so... I only got a real doctor within the last like four years, I think, because I was <laughs> yeah. going to my pediatrician. Did you get one that specializes in geriatric yeah, I have, care? Yeah, my, my doctor now specializes in geriatric, so. Well, welcome to 30. <laughs> Literally, after I got out of the ER, they were like, do you have a primary doctor? And I was like, fuck no. You are my primary doctor, urgent care. <laughs> <laughs> when something's wrong, I come here. Yeah, exactly. Nick, do you drink whole milk or 2%? Or I'm sorry, do you drink whole milk or do you drink water pretending to be milk? I drink whole milk. Very good. Uh, recently been, been getting into the oat milk because it's yes. quite tasty. I didn't know that if you squeezed oats hard enough. Well, you got you to on the right on the nipple. I'm just kidding about 2% whole milk. I, I drank whole milk my entire life and I think that's probably why I don't like milk. That's crazy. I drank whole milk my entire life and that's why I love milk. It does the smell not get to y'all? The smell of milk? I love it. Six to midnight. No, but just like fresh milk. Like I'm I'm erect. Like fresh from the cow. <laughs> Jen, are you a milk drinker? No, fuck no, I don't drink milk. She I hate milk. milk. Almond milk only. Do you hate milk more than you hate Wonder Woman? Oh, there you go. Topical Antonio. Bring it back around. <laughs> I almost watched Wonder Woman today and I was like, I'm not gonna do that to myself. I think you're going to have to like the idea of Wonder Woman because either (laughs) not a fan because it doesn't change the answer. I hate to sound sexist because I think, this, you know, I think it would come across that way, but she's not getting any younger. And there's going to be a big difference between the first Wonder Woman and then how this Wonder Woman looks. And if you keep prolonging it in 2023, she's going to look a lot different (laughs) unless they go into the Wonderverse or something. It is it is a uh, problematic setting up your superhero as a superhero that doesn't age through like centuries because <laughs> because real people actually age. You're telling me that she looks the same as she did when she fought in World War One or whatever. But in the three years in the present that she's been alive, she noticeably aged. I don't know. Hey, 2020 was rough for everybody, I guess. Plus, she lost the love of her life, so, you know, that would probably age her a little bit. Spoiler alert, he's back. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to do this shit. I'm, I'm, stop bringing, stop killing off characters if y'all going to bring them back. He died? I'm going <laughs> to, I hate to break this to you, but that's kind of what comic books have been founded on. <laughs> Next thing you're going to be telling me is that Captain America somehow, Tony Stark is coming back. For some fucking Marvel shit. That would be some wild, wild shit. I'd watch it, Shasta, my guy. 
Amanda's not here to count your, your guy references. Yeah, that's actually, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is actually my guy. Because, uh, Doolittle. Um. <laughs> that was a fun film. You know what? Strong opinion. Hot take. I like Doolittle better than I like Signs. <laughs> you don't know that's saying a lot. What? Well, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I generally take those sorts of statements as my cues. Um, what's what's everybody been watching this week? Jennifer? Uh, we watched The Hateful Eight. We did. It's interesting. Was that a one for Nick and one for you? or The Hateful Eight? Yeah. Like, it's Nick's pick, so I'll watch The Hateful Eight. But he's got to watch something that I want to watch. They're always He'll never, pick. yeah. Well, because you say no to everything I try to pick. Bad. <laughs> They're not that you bad. Holidate. Was Holiday fun? I kind of want to watch it, but I want to wait for the actual holidays to start. You know, it wasn't yes. bad. I liked it. <laughs> She's cute. The guy was cute. It was cute. Emma Roberts? Little baby, little baby Emma Roberts? She's pregnant right now. She's super pregnant. But who's baby? Very pregnant. I don't even know. Can she I didn't still know she get was... it though? Well, Brandon. Well, that's the point of me saying is that she's pregnant. Is that obviously she could? I could tell from the way that he was saying it. Um, Antonio, what about you? What have you, you been? What you been getting into? I uh, watched Deadpool two. It was a night that Uber rides were really expensive, and Brandon was very kind to to let me spend the night at his house. And he was going to put on Deadpool 2. And Lindsay shut that down real quick. Must have been because it was like 4 a.m. <laughs> but uh, underwhelming would be the way to describe it. Not a buy for me. Uh, that's all I watched. But a, a good friend of ours apparently watched Mission Impossible Fallout and said it was very boring. Uh, well, no longer a friend. I can't imagine watching Mission Impossible fucking Fallout and thinking that that's boring it's like the least boring movie if the listeners can't tell i have already been prepped on this so the instant <laughs> rage has subsided and now it's just quiet anger annoyance well no it's still annoyance is too small to describe what i feel right now <laughs> so monday night uh, what I basically did was instead of watching football, I just kind of put on Mission Impossible 3. Felt like watching it. Two sucks. One, you can figure it out. But three is kind of where it gets a little interesting. So I just put it on, hoping that Amanda would just look up from her phone and then just stay looking up. And she did. And what drew her in was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Because she hates her fucking Tom Cruise, which I can't understand why, but I kind of do, but I can't. I won't accept it. Not in this house, ever. But she was a little bit bought in. So I just was like, I guess I'll just go ahead and start the next one. I think I'll watch that one on my own. She kind of got bought into Rogue Nation because of uh, um, Hawkeye. Oh my God. Why am I? Uh, Jeremy Renner. His ass looks good. In those suit pants in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> she seems really into this. Let me just go ahead and just do Fallout. And then our boy, Henry Cavill, comes on. And she's like, I'm not doing this. He is the worst fucking actor I have ever seen. These aren't my words, Derek, if you're listening ever. But 
I just don't like him. I see him on screen and I just want to punch him. I just want to punch him in the face. And then so when the Asian guy, um, Lang, is it Lang or whatever his name is? In John in the bathroom. She's like, yes, punch him, punch him. And I was like, oh my God, you really don't like Henry Cavill. And then she just got back on her phone and stopped. And stopped. But do you know what movie did get her interested this week? Tell me, right? There was this little classic 1992 movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was on Encore. And it is so, so bad that it's good. It is entertaining as fuck. Donald Sutherland is in another movie. From everybody else. From everybody else. He thinks this is Hamlet. (laughs) And everyone else is like, yo, you know, we're just making like a teen vampire movie, right? (laughs) Luke Perry's just doing his thing. Your boy, David Arquette, Antonio. Oh, man, it is so bad. And she wound up watching the entire thing and then just saying how bad it was the entire time. But she watched the entire fucking movie. Yeah, I hate to see it. But yeah, that's what I watched. Well, Jennifer already mentioned one of the ones that we watched together. Uh, Briefly, let me... A couple of other Netflix things um, or movies that I guess... I I don't know how long they've been on Netflix, but... Along Came Spider... Classic little uh, Morgan Freeman and someone who is desperately trying to be. What did I say, Jennifer? Who is she trying to be Sandra Bullock, but not Kyra Sedgwick? You think she's trying to be Kyra Sedgwick? Monica Potter? I mean, not in like I, it's like the way that she's acting. She's. Oh, be, OK. I got you. Be. It was like they were like, listen, we don't have the budget for young Sandy Bullock. But uh, we oh, yeah, yeah. They need you to pretend to be her anyways. And then we watched uh, L.A. Confidential. Brian, you will be disappointed to know that it took Jennifer a solid two minutes before she remembered Russell Crowe's name. Okay. That's not true. Hurts. That guy. In the hort. That guy. I know him. (laughs) That's a good impression. That guy. I forgot we watched that. That's right. It's that good, isn't it? It was good. He looked a little different for a second. It was a bad angle. Technically bad angle. Russell Crowe is probably like the nice guys, right? He's uh, he's got a lot there. Cultivating mass. Uh, <laughs> and just for my own personal, I want to be out on the front of this. Uh, we started a TV show last night called I Hate Susie. It's on HBO Max. It's very good. It's got Billy Piper. I don't know if that name means anything to anybody, but been a big fan ever since uh ever since doctor who man she's uh she's really good so brandon did you by chance watch anything else this week well there was a movie that uh that i that i watched that uh showed me some showed me the way showed me uh how to regain my my faith and showed me a sign and with that the movie for this week is M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Yes, we, we had uh, lit up the bat signal on, on the socials. Got a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of suggestions. We wound up with a, a, a deep, wait, no, I guess a shallow but wide pool of candidates to choose from. You, you never want it to be shallow. I'll tell you, I've had some experiences 
in the shallow end. We and- certainly don't need to have that conversation, Brandon, because I think, I think I've done that one too many times in my life. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of suggestions, and so many, in fact, that we decided um, it, it'd probably be easier if we all individually nominated, chose our favorite one that would be good for us, and then voted on that. And then we tied. And then we tied, which is uh, kind of why we wanted it out of our hands in the first place. And uh, we went back to the well well of social opinion uh, to decide between two two M. Night Shyamalan movies, Sixth Sense and, and Signs. And, you know, the people's will demanded it. So, so this week's movie is, as Brandon said, Signs. Um... Can, can I give a brief shout out to the person that nominated it as he requested it? Yeah. Okay. He he would like it to be known that you can, you can reach him on Instagram at drewbone25. That is the individual that nominated this movie when we initially did the outreach. He has a hell of a magic trick to share if you ask him. We'll also be sending Drew Bone twenty five a fun table shirt. Thanks, thanks for thanks for the following conversation that you have uh, that you have started, Andrew. Um, I I don't have a nice little neat summary for Signs. I'm gonna make this up on the spot. Signs is a movie about aliens. It's about suspense. It's about faith. It's about family. It's about tragedy it's about um it's about swinging away so guys what what's the first thing that that you think of when you hear signs i think of scary movie three when i think of signs and the tesla song i'm sorry the tesla song that's a band from the 80s and they have a song called a a song called signs it's very popular (laughs) i'm gonna have to look that up um so you have you have no other than scary movie you have i had never seen this movie before but okay. i knew all the i mean the story was pretty spot on to what scary movie three did interesting i, I was missing the eight, eight mile aspect of it but jiffer what about you any anything other than scary movie three that comes to mind when i pretty much just think of the one quote that just keeps coming back is when he just says swing away Brandon, what about you? I'd actually never seen this movie before. Uh, typically, I stay away from from uh, movies like this. You know, got a little bit of a suspense kind of scary movie reputation, but the people asked for it, so I watched it. It it's not that great, folks. Who nominated it um, and voted for it? You can you could you could have done better. What a good segue, Ryan! You nominated this movie. This was your choice out of the, <laughs> out of the list of uh, of suggestions that we had. What? Uh, why'd you inflict this pain on Brandon? First off, it was a great list of nominations. So thank you. What was his name? Big Dick Six Nine. Some Andrew. Andrew. Impeg. There you go. No, Andrew, thank you for the wonderful nomination and everyone else who nominated. Appreciate that. But on the list, the first movie that stuck out to me was Signs uh, out of all the ones. I thought that'd be kind of a fun one to discuss because it is so polarizing. You have there's very few people, I think, that are in the middle that are eh, on this movie. You either 
really like it or you hate it. So because of how polarizing it was, I figured it'd be kind of fun to talk about. So that's why I nominated it. Makes sense. And it, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Set the tone early. Um, this movie is is kind of talked about as a as an alien movie, but it's more of a suspense movie. You know, it's again, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily see the horror immediately. It's not up front and in your face. The aliens are not uh, attacking, actively invading the whole time. It's all a very uh, passive and, and scary thing that's happening around this little house in the middle of a not in the middle of a cornfield, but adjacent to a cornfield in the middle of the country. Um, I thought that was an interesting way of, of doing the alien invasion line genre. Um, how'd you how'd you guys feel about the about the suspense aspect of stuff, I guess, and the aliens? Well, one, I will just go ahead and clarify. I do believe in aliens. That kid had the right idea with that book. But also, I didn't ever think of this as like an alien movie. It was just like scary, but also funny or can easily be made fun of. When we were talking about this, when we were watching this, you said you, you've watched it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I was surprised we had this many first timers. And I remember, I was, what did I do? I started talking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, like when this happens and then this. And he's like, do you even need to watch the movie? It's rolling off the entire plot. I was going to say, do you remember what it was like the first time? I mean, were you scared? Were you scared now? I jumped, but I think that's just because like there's like louder parts like with the dogs. But that's not so much like the aliens. But the alien thing, the only part that's like scary, I've thought like for pretty much there's like those two scenes like when he first sees the alien on the roof and then that kid's birthday party. I thought the basement scene was pretty. Oh, with the hand? Yeah, I thought that was pretty, not terrifying, but it was unsettling. Yeah. I did notice this time around like that the hand actually blended in because that they matched their backgrounds, which I just now put that together. I looked at signs as an alien movie, that's kind of how they marketed it was crop circles, aliens and very, and I'm not comparing these two movies, but it was very reminiscent of jaws where you don't in jaws, you don't see the shark necessarily. You see the point of view of the shark throughout the movie, but you don't actually see the shark until way later on in the movie, which is very similar in signs. You don't necessarily see the alien or aliens until third act ish, like the complete outline of what it is. But, I mean, Signs ultimately was supposed to be like an invasion movie. But it winds up being about something entirely different in the end. So it's kind of a, it, it, I hate to say it's like a bait and switch, but it kind of was. It was a movie that we're going to sell, that it's an alien invasion movie and science fiction and it's a thriller. But in really what you're discussing is faith. In faith, not necessarily in God or Jesus or anything like that, but it was just faith in either a higher power, faith for comfort, or just faith in something which i thought was cool um that you that you get this sort of higher level discussion or not necessarily higher level but some some eh, i mean can you have higher level subtext is that a is that mixing two I, I think this movie proved it though okay and i think that's the thing that you don't get the first time you watch this movie interesting you can well, either look at it real intellectually or real basic Ryan, real quick, before I go to somebody else, do you believe in aliens? Yes, okay. I do. Does everybody here believe in aliens? Brandon, Antonio? No, not really, I guess, right? But, I mean, right, The I guess the universe, there, there's, there's so much space out there, there's got to be other shit out there, I guess, but uh, not really. 
I mean, there's documentaries about wars being fought in galaxies far, far away. So changing my recommendation again, it's Rogue One. Um, you? I, I think sometimes I'll catch myself randomly thinking about aliens because um, aliens and an alien invasion is one of those things that I'm not necessarily constantly scared of, but will sometimes pop in my head randomly, like once a once every three months or something. And it's like, holy shit, like if that actually happened, we'd be screwed. Like there there's no advanced warning. There's nothing like. You know, I know that, that that what happens in this movie is what happens in this movie, but realistically speaking, it's not how it would go down. There's not going to be like an advance. You're not going to know. It's just going to like one day you're going to live your normal life. And then the next day there's going to be fucking aliens. Like, isn't that like the concept of that is just crazy to my brain. See, but how many times do you think there have been and then we've just been men in black and just not even we don't remember it? It's true. So on the on the surface level of like an alien invasion movie, I guess that's what spoke to me about it. And I think it's interesting that they've gone. I think we see it a lot, a lot more now, but I don't think that we saw it when this movie came out. Yes, there's an alien invasion. But, you know, like you're saying, it's the Jaws sort of thing, but it's not necessarily the Jaws sort of thing, because it's honestly you could do this as like a play. You know, it's all very self-contained. Oh, yes. And yeah. All small scale. And so you, you're only seeing it through the lens of one family, you know, who's obviously dealing with their own personal tragedy. But, I, you know, I thought that was an interesting, interesting way of going about things. I, I appreciated that because in all alien invasion movies, it's always like like when we did Cloverfield, it was New York City or Brooklyn. And when you think of like Independence Day, all the ships went to like the main big cities. This was cool that it was just this one county outside of. Philadelphia we're gonna but that to me also lended itself to like what's the point like why here like there's nothing remarkable about this family except for this weird little girl who knows sprinkle water on them and so for me it was like I I don't I don't see the point you you don't see the point in in telling the story or in aliens like harassing them this movie left me with a bunch of questions like they talked to it. Was it that they just discovered that water could defeat these, the, the aliens or was it that like, what was going, how many people died? Like I definitely, this story to me would have been better had it been told on a grander scale instead of isolated to this, this family. Because at the end of the day, I was like, well, you know, this family doesn't have any answers. I also left this movie without any answers. What was the point? But that had been done before. Like, that's what makes the story unique is it wasn't going to be on a large scale. It was going to be, yeah, it's a large scale problem, but we're going to focus on just this one family and how in a rural setting it would play out. But why would the aliens even bother with this rural setting? Like, like what was what was the plan here? You in, you invade Earth. You're here for what exactly? And then like on a micro scale, you invade this farm like let's say they got down to the basement for instance they've got this family corner this family of four cornered then what even when the alien takes the the kid hostage what's the end game like what what do you what are you here for too many questions too many unanswered questions and and that for me was definitely a problem like i want i wanted i'm glad that like I, we got a happy ending sure but we also the the audience i think was left with a lot of questions that 
you know, you could have, I, I don't know. This movie gets a lot of hate because of the aliens. And I think the audience, whether they realize it or not, they're going to bring in preconceived notions regarding aliens in films. Like aliens in movies are always like advanced technologically. And they're either here to help us, like kind of like in contact or to destroy us like an Independence Day. These visitors or these aliens rather, I think the notion was like that they were coming to either harvest people Maybe they were coming for help. Maybe they were dying and they needed to go to another planet. And they realized that they couldn't exist on a planet such as ours. It's made up of 75% water. So the fact that you said maybe so many times is what's wrong with this movie at the end of the day. We don't know. And it's not one of those fun like, oh, maybe like, oh, it's fun to speculate. There are some hard and, and pointed questions that I feel like needed answering and this movie didn't do it. Yeah, but that's because you're expecting an alien invasion movie. That's not well, what that's, this is. This the movie alien, the, the, the whole story around the invasion, like his, him regaining his faith is secondary in this story. The main I disagree. Part of the story it felt like is this, this phenomenon, this, this once in a lifetime what is it? It's going to, ch- what, what's the quote? It's going to change the way science books are written. Yeah. It, right. And so like, th- that's, that's it. That's the phenomenon here. Like that's, that's, that's why we're here. I look at it. At, this is a story about a man who's lost his faith. And it, during this event, this is how he regains it. For most of the, like the whole invasion thing, like what was confusing was one, the lack of news coverage, because all of a sudden, like in the end, they say like they left, which to me, seems like a trap. No way. <laughs> they're gone. Like, I don't even think anyone was actually trying to fight them off. They just dipped. But then in that, in the end, like the only reason like you get that much actions with the alien seemed clearly for revenge because you see that it's the alien that Mel Gibson cut the fingers off of. So it's like, did he just come back to say, all right, they all left, but I'm going to fuck your shit up for good measure. You took two of my fingers. I'm going to murder your son. <laughs> and that's that. Antonio, did you uh, finish this movie and have questions? Uh, no, as soon as it was over, it ever, I just ended it. Like, it escaped my mind. <laughs> your, your brain just shut off? Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't thinking throughout this movie. I was just watching it. It wasn't as thought-provoking for me as it was for you guys. I was just watching it for what it was. It was a boring movie. Um the opening like really hooked me when they were doing the opening credits, but I think that had to do more with the the score of the movie. And then throughout it, you know, it keeps you invested, I guess. But yeah, I, I didn't care what the what the motive was or I see both of y'all's points, uh, but I, wa- I wasn't losing sleep over it. I definitely agree with you, Antonio. The opening uh, sequence to the movie was very good. Um, and then the rest of the movie happened. The inverse Tokyo Drift. Um <laughs> You know, I, I recognize that this movie uh, brings Mel Gibson back to his his faith. Um, that was, you know, that that's and it's, you know, as they show the flashback to his wife dying and how he lost his faith and everything like that. And that I guess the ultimate the climax to that scene where he's yelling at his his kids that there will be no prayer in this house. He's not going to waste another minute on prayer. But I don't know that you, right? I guess the idea is that only an alien invasion would restore a lost man's faith. But 
that's just like, that's the whole point, right? Like you don't get one without the other. Uh, and so the alien invasion to me is just as important, if not more important than the faith piece of this, because the alien invasion is the, the catalyst for him regaining his faith. This is a movie that was written and directed by one M night Shyamalan. You know, we are all of a certain age and I think he was, he was a quote unquote name in, in movies for a while. You know, he was a, he was a big deal. That name has a, has a reputation. It had a reputation going into this movie and I think it might have a different reputation 18 years later. Um, I guess I'm I'm wondering how this how this movie confirmed some of the some of the opinions that you guys had about M Night already, or maybe it maybe it disproved some of the things that you thought. You know, for some of the people who who hadn't necessarily seen this movie, I don't. You know, were you do you guys not care about M Night? Do you guys? Uh, I I have a memory other than that of M Night Shyamalan, which is of him being. Um, being this little wonderkind who who had a, a really solid knack for subverting expectations with his stories. And then and then somewhere along the way he sort of lost the ability to pull the trick. This movie to me does not have a, a firm um, twist in the way that perhaps a, a sixth sense type movie or the village has. I did want to talk about that. But uh, I found some some other choices that were made here from like a uh, directing standpoint. Really surprisingly good. So, you know, um, what what about what about you guys? How'd you how'd you feel about M. Night here? Brandon, what, do you, what were you going to? I so I haven't seen his first two films, I guess, Wide Awake and Praying with Anger. Um, I feel like he gets a lot of credit for The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Everything after that that he's directed, maybe up until Split, is not great. Almost not good. Maybe you guys count Signs. I thought Signs uh, not that great. Where was and still to this after having watched it, what what really was the twist? I guess um, you got the village, which has a twist in it and a, a very pronounced twist. It's better i you know what the village is better than signs in my opinion i haven't seen the village in years but i remember it being better than what i saw today with signs um late in the water the happening is awful the last airbender is awful after earth is awful um after watching signs i think that m night may have garnered this reputation for these twists and these these uh, subverting expectations and uh i'm not sure that it's deserved yeah, this movie doesn't really. Um, and I guess I haven't seen that many movies of his. I've still never seen The Sixth Sense, but I know what the twist is, obviously. It's been spoiled countless times. <laughs> but when you look at it, it's pretty much spelt out for you what like is expected going to be happening. And pretty much Mel Gibson ignores everything. Dumb question. Yes. What was the twist? Well, so, I mean, the idea here is there's not necessarily a twist, right? The idea, okay. the idea is that, I mean, you know, people made a big deal. I remember it being a big deal or getting a lot of hate in the same way that the village got hate for, oh, fuck, I can't, 
surely I can't spoil like four different movies in like one sentence, right? Um, in the in the same way that like, um, gosh, no no one here, no one listening to this should ever watch The Happening. Um, in the same way that people shit on The Happening because it's like, oh, plants are killing people. Um, people, just people shit on this movie because it's like, oh wait, uh, the aliens are hurt by water. Um, if I have an issue with uh, something in this movie, the thing that I have the strongest issue with in this movie is like the last fifteen minutes because I I don't like the way that they played that when it's like, oh shit, like water is the thing. Jennifer, you alluded to this where it's like Mel Gibson just ignores all these signs. Uh, listen to the brown man listen to m night who is but i mean they do like it from the very beginning there's multiple things it's not just one twist it's like i might have missed a few but i have seen this movie 20 times it's like ryan's version of um suicide squad on my fours (laughs) you're saying there are warning signs i mean they said the word water way too many times for it to not have been obvious. If you look at M. Night Shyamalan's like, filmography, count this as like the third mainstream film, okay? So this is technically his fifth movie, okay? The first movie is like a student film like way back in the early 90s. The second film that he did, I've actually seen before, it's called Wide Awake. And it's basically about a, a little boy who goes to look for God after his grandfather dies. It's not a bad movie. So then the next movie he does is, Unbreak, uh, is The Sixth Sense. And The Sixth Sense just took everyone by storm because it was just, oh my God, the twist at the end. So now he's known as like the twist guy, the twist director, because no one really saw it coming. I'm sorry, there, there's been very few people that I've ever talked to that did in fact see the twist of, of The Sixth Sense coming. People were just shocked by that. So the next movie he does is Unbreakable, which I actually personally think is better than The Sixth Sense. But the twist in that one takes a step kind of like in the superpowers. It, it it felt like it was actually like an adult superhero movie with without the Marvel-ness to it or the DC to it. And it kind of lays the, the groundwork for water because that is kind of a theme in some of his movies, water affecting the main character or can have an effect in a movie. So that one had a little bit of a twist. The thing about Signs is there is no twist to this movie. It's just a story. I, I know we all kind of remember a time in which... Anything he did, you had to see. People saw The Village and it hated it because it felt cheesy. The twist in that one felt cheap. People didn't like it. And I think the reason was, was because, hey, you're the twist guy. Make it a twist. Signs was good. Eh, it was a good story, but there was no twist. I want a twist. Put a twist in the next movie. And then you got The Village and it was, really? Okay. Cool. And so the next movie he does, I'm not doing the IMDb thing, but the next one I remember is Lady in the Water, where every fucking critic has, every film critic has criticized his movies for, you know what? He kind of is a one trick pony and he can't even do the trick anymore. So what does he do? He makes a movie about a film critic being haunted by a lady in the water. Kind of a fuck you. I think this was the first time in his young, established, famous career where he was like, I'm just going to tell a story. There's no twist. This is just a story about a man who's lost his faith and how he regains it. And I think people in their industry who have struggled along the way, they kind of lose their way. They don't quite make it. And then they catch a break and it renews their faith. And I think he wanted to tell a story in that way. 
and kind of mix that with a few different things. And you know what? We'll get people into the box office or people interested. Let's bring aliens into this shit. Well, I guess, right. He hadn't lost his way when he did signs though. Right. I mean, he's literally at his peak twistiness when he does. Yeah, but he, but that was his, but that was his fifth movie, third mainstream. And he started directing 10 years before that. Yeah, I mean, I I think that I think that he definitely wanted to do something that was not. Um, I think that I agree with the sense that he wanted to tell a story. I think the idea that the story was about losing faith is an interesting choice um, to to do, like Brandon is saying, right around your peak, I guess, because you're not because you can. Well, no, I just mean it feels like and because he wrote it himself um, is the idea is that and I don't necessarily always agree with this, but the idea is that, you know, great writing or great art comes from personal experience. Right. And if you're going to write a movie about, you know, going through an extreme hardship and, and losing faith in the world, then you're peak is an interesting time you know i maybe you've already got that in the tank but honestly it didn't necessarily that part didn't ring as true to me as maybe it would have if he had done it after the village after you know after um people had had given up on him i guess Hmm. i could see that i mean i could i understand that you know i guess right he had enough cash i guess he has enough cachet with the name that he keeps getting these projects and he keeps cranking out shitty projects. Hey, the man's getting paid. (laughs) Sure. But I guess like every, like signs to me is the, the start of these bad movies and it doesn't get any better for what? 14 years from 2004 to 2015, 11 years. Well, I was saying 2002 to 20 I'm going to fight you on that the whole fucking night, right? Yeah, 2015. <laughs> 2015 movie's good. Uh, right. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Well, so I haven't seen The Visit, so that's fair. I haven't. I, we'll see. Brandon, you will not like it. I'm not looking at them. I'm closing my eyes when those old people start walking backwards and shit. Oh, that old lady crawls fast. I'll tell you that. You know who doesn't move fast enough? Mel Gibson's wife out of the way of that truck. Wow. Oh, wow. Too much. Too soon. Too much. <laughs> Too soon. Nick and I are not. Ar- <laughs> we didn't argue about this, but I was like, how? I was like, it's a dark road. Like, he, yeah, he fell asleep, but like she was facing that way. There's not much else going on on that small road. Jennifer sees shit in movies and is like, I could survive anything. <laughs> I drink so much water, Nicholas, of course. Realistically, she shouldn't have been fucking walking on a country road in the middle of the night. That's just not a good idea. Take it from someone who grew up in the goddamn country. And I like how Melgan's like, yeah, I know how you like your walks. And I'm like, they have a lot of property. Like, take a walk through the <laughs> cornfield. Exactly. Like, I don't understand why it had to be on the road. Um, let's talk about fucking Mel Gibson. Not actually fucking Mel Gibson. I don't think I don't think that's what women want. Yeah, that's a good Mel Gibson performance. Uh, let's talk about this one. I think Mel Gibson fucking sucks in this movie. Agreed. I'm going to preface this by saying that I have zero interest in having a real conversation about this because a real conversation about this is going to take a long time. So I get it. 
He's a conflicted man. He's a man of faith or no faith. You know, whatever. I get it. There's a lot of stuff boiling around in his head. His wife just died six months ago. I'm sure there's so much, so much going on. Got those shitty kids. He's got those shitty (laughs) kids to deal with by himself. Realistically, what I see on the screen is like Mel Gibson just like, what is Mel Gibson doing? Pre-racist Mel Gibson. You can't. Boy, I think someone on this timeline on the timeline writes good father. Um, that definitely was not what Mel Gibson was doing in that movie was being a good father. Brandon, as a father, tell me about tell me about how he's a bad father. Just give me give me one example of him being bad. There's so many times. Uh, let's okay. So you know what? Bad father, also bad um, bad prepper. Uh, we are boarding up the house for uh, a possible alien invasion. And you were going around the room and taking orders for what people want to eat tonight. And you made a bunch of fucking food. You have no idea how long that food needs to last. And you have two kids that you're taking care of. And your idiot, useless fucking brother. Bad fucking father. Bad disaster prepper. I'm going to counter that by saying that and pulling a Ryan here, because I'm sure this was Ryan's response. He had lost all his faith at that point and didn't think that they were going to survive through the night. So he was trying to just make their last supper, essentially like doing the thing where they give people who are about to get executed. their No, I, I absolutely. I, I got that. And I was like, still shitty, shitty father, <laughs> shitty, shitty dad. Let your kids die without the thing that they want. Um, I like how he dodged all the manual labor when they were finishing boarding up like the upstairs where he's like, Oh, hey, let me tell you about what happened when you were born. <laughs> and I'm just going to put my hammer down, and, and he's got this, right? Joaquin's got this. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I felt Rory when he said he wished Joaquin was his dad. I was like, I wow. wish that was your dad too, kid. Wow. wow. Also, also another case, another point about him being a shitty dad. He goes around the room and takes votes. On if they should move some, stay in the house where you fucking know that there are aliens coming or leaving and taking a chance on going somewhere with some water. Not even really a chance, just so we're clear. There was a, there's the small outside possibility because my man had already said, oh, I don't think they like water. Yes, listen to the brown man who's just fought a fucking alien and locked him in his pantry when he says that he knows what the aliens don't like. And this man was like, oh, I'm gonna, let's take a vote. And his shitty kids vote to stay because this is the house where mom lived in, which, okay, sure. But, you know, you guys are still alive. Let's, uh, let's leave the place where the one place that we know the aliens are definitely going to be. Ryan, as a father, is there anything that you would like to contradict as far as when it comes to Graham Hess's fathering abilities? I'm just going to say you made some very good points there, Brandon, that I really didn't think about. (laughs) The rationing of the food. I did notice after I read the outline, I was like, he does put down the hammer every time there's a fucking board. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you a story right quick. (laughs) Oh, damn. Another door. Feels like it's story time. Come here, Bo. Let me tell you another story. <laughs> Wanted him to like look back as he's telling the story. 
Meryl, do you know what our mother told us? <laughs> said about you? This movie is really like the non-comedic, like depressing version of Full House of what happens when the mom passes away. And there's no Uncle Joe, uh, Uncle Joey. And you just go for the Uncle Jesse. Brandy, if this movie had an uh, had a Joey, how would you have felt? Would you feel better or just worse? Like a comedic relief to just which okay, so <laughs> board it up. <laughs> I I actually did laugh at one point. Uh jo- Joaquin Phoenix's reaction when they show the um uh the news segment where they see the aliens in in uh Portugal or whatever, and he's telling the fucking yelling at the screen. The, the kids, vamos, vamos! To I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then he sees the alien, and he has like this over the top, like, oh, and I'm like, wow, I I couldn't stop laughing. It was so bad, so funny. Two things: one, they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. You racist son of a bitch, Joaquin. You can't yell vamonos at those little children when they don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, I did see that the the birthday party scene was like listed as one of the top 100 scariest moments in, in film history. Did anyone find that scary? It just sort of like walks along. Yeah, no. In 2002, was it scary to you? You don't remember. I don't. <laughs> okay, and that's the thing. When I watch a movie, or when we rewatch a movie for this podcast, I like to try to remember what it was like when I first saw this movie. This was an extremely scary moment. In the first decade of this, of this century, it was one of the most talked about moments, was the reveal of the alien and not how bad it looked. We talk about how shitty it looks or the the gra- or however now in 2020, but in 2002, yeah, but it just walks by. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the, but that's the, the but that's the, the point. Counter, it, the counterpoint here is not that though, because some of these people didn't watch the movie in 2002, so there's no memory to go back on. Honestly, I don't even know if I did in 2002. The idea is not that it's like I mean, these are people. There were 30 year olds who were watching this in 2002. The idea that it's not scary now is is an argument in the sense that, you know, maybe it just didn't age well, not necessarily because of technology, but maybe it just didn't age well for a bunch of reasons. Maybe it didn't age well because the idea the concept of like an alien just walking by isn't really scary. In the moment when you fir- when you f- like, OK, do I think Jaws is scary? Absolutely not. I don't think it's scary at all. In 1975, if I had watched it, I'd be like shit in my pants. And I wouldn't go to a fucking beach. The shark looks fake, does it not? Does it look like a real shark? Does that take away from the fear? No. But the fear where, like, I understand that the fear wears off over time or that the, the, the scary aspect of it wears off over time. But in, the, in that time when the movie was released, how was it? I think it's still an alien walking across the screen, though, right? Like, in the whole context of, around it within the movie. Yeah, but if 30-year-old Nick was 30 in 2002, would you still feel the same way? I think so, Ryan. That's what I'm saying. I disagree. And I think that's the other thing, too, is that I know what's going to happen, right? Like, I know that an alien is about to pop out. And for the alien popping out to just be like a, you know, like a Bigfoot thing, right? Where it's like you see it from afar and he just like sort of yeah. walks, walks along. I don't know. That's That doesn't seem very scary to me. If he was like quick, you know, if he's like a fucking World War Z zombie, maybe that's terrifying. I don't know. 
outside of that, Brandon, how did you feel about outside of that moment in his in his um, over the top reactions? How did you feel about young Joaquin? Uh, I mean, I th- I think anybody is going to look good against Mel Gibson in this movie. So that's that's a hard gauge. Um, I thought he was fine. You know, I he, he was fine. Jennifer, what about you? Talk to me about Joaquin. I liked it. Thought it looked good. Thought he talked good. He was actually funny. Not that this was a comedy. Yeah, I mean, but there's that's... a few scenes that are funny, like when he like does like the flinch, like the punch at the one guy from Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Hashtag my Joker. <laughs> wow, what that might be? I was gonna say that might be the worst opinion said on this podcast, but um, it's her nothing. <laughs> that's fair. Anybody else have anything on Joaquin? It was believable that they would be brothers. I thought that Joaquin and Mel Gibson, like the actors, played well off of one another. I bought that he played baseball until he picked up the bat to hit the alien. I was like, I understand why you didn't go pro, man. You got that elbow too far up. It's all wrong. Wait, were they brothers? Yes. Huh. I missed that. So in Scary Movie 3, when they spoof this, they're brother-in-laws. And so I just assumed that he was his wife's brother i mean they have the same last name i didn't pay attention to that not going to change the rating but (laughs) suddenly everything makes sense now speaking of the biological hess family um these kids ungrateful pieces of shits oh there we go (laughs) is that all you had yeah that's all i had (laughs) are they ungrateful he's over here trying to like make it as a single dad and they're just making his life difficult. Right? That little shit chimes in with you let mom died. Like, okay, yeah. first of all, were you you weren't fucking there. What was I supposed to do? Like, fucking just leave her attached to this truck in this tree for the rest of her life? We just go and visit her every day like, hey, mom, fucking asshole. I mean, I get it, right? It's something. It, he's a fucking kid, so he doesn't, he doesn't know. But, like, he really... <laughs> There were, he's got, he says that comment and then he also has that comment about, I wish you were my dad. Like he, this, this little kid's super ungrateful. So I see that Antonio. Little Rory sucks. I just thought he was a little angry kid. They don't actually say the ages of the kid. Let's just say he's a little nine year old, loses his mom, sees the house that he's been brought up in a household of faith, just completely like, we don't do that anymore. Like his whole life has just been turned completely upside down. And he's got a little sister that he has to look after. And like I buy the character being a little shit or being angry. I mean, even at the dinner table, he's like, I hate you. I mean, I don't think he's doing that because he's ungrateful. I just think he's just angry at the fact that this entire life is just different than what it has been. Like, would his dad still be acting the same way a year ago? Like, let's just say this was a year before, before his mom died and they had an alien invasion. Do you think he'd still say, I hate you, dad? No, but there's been these series of events that have happened that the little boy is just pissed off at the world and is looking for he's looking for leadership he's looking for someone to to just understand kind of what yes buy into this alien bullshit humor me don't make fun of me don't make fun of the author's name of the book i'm reading to you like take this shit seriously and then meryl does it and he's like man i wish you were my dad he literally because they take the book seriously at at some point which is why i was also like super shitty dad moment here 
this fucking kid's reading you this book about aliens and telling you like, oh, maybe they're hostile, maybe they're not. Oh, I made a mistake. They're fucking hostile because we read this because you listened to me reading this stupid fucking book. You're right. He was lacking some leadership. Absolutely. Dad should have told him, look, that's a fucking book. That doctor doesn't know anything. Let's put that thing away and let's we're going to the coast to get away from the one place we know their fucking aliens are at. And I don't want to hear anything else about maybe they're hostile, maybe they're not, because you don't fucking know. I think both of those things can be true. I think he can be having a very rough time in his life, and he can also be ungrateful for the things that the people around him are going through and and the things that the lengths that other people around him are trying to go to to protect him. My guy, just just hold it together right now. There are a couple of things that we don't need from you, Rory, and one of them is not shouting down your dad, not dismissing your dad as stupid when he says that you should go to water because it's not in your book. And two, don't make a scene, my guy. You know what doesn't help, though, about this? Out of all the little Culkin kids, he has the most punchable face. Yeah, he's the worst one. Like, you just look at him and you're like, oh my god, you little shit, just shut the fuck up. It's obviously, it's Kieran, Macaulay, and then Rory. Oh, no, it's Macaulay, then it's Kieran... And then it's Rory. No. Once uh, once su- succession happened and Mila Kunis broke up with Macaulay, the, those flip-flopped. I don't make the rules. That's just, you know, if we're talking about power rankings. That's- They're all unfortunate looking, though. No, to go from Michael Jackson to Mila Kunis, I mean... Bro. No, no, no. No. In fairness, I did the same thing earlier today. I was talking about... Uh, I was like, oh, well, obviously Macaulay is the cuter of the two if we're just like talking about looks. And Lindsay was like, oh, well, how, I mean, how do you determine that? And I was like, well, I mean, obviously Michael Jackson thought so. What's the problem with Michael Jackson? <laughs> I forgot Macaulay Culkin is dating Brenda Song. Jesus Christ. He's number one now. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I mean, my guy, has he ever really dipped? But he had what he had Mila and Brenda, and I was like, he won. He won life. It's ridiculous. Jen, what'd you think of the little Hess kids? Uh, I don't know. I <laughs> obviously not a fan of children, mostly around that age, because like they think they know everything, and I get it. Like, yeah, they're hurting. When they wanted to stay at the house, I was like, no. Like, it doesn't matter if this is where you lived with mom. Like, you. We're not like abandoning the house. It's not like they were moving away for good. Like so like I don't understand why like they were acting like and Mel Gibson could have explained that better. Or don't take a vote, be the dad and say, get the fuck in the car. Shout out Abigail Breslin though. She's she's, she's uh she's a winner. I do feel like we get on this podcast and just take a shit on child actors every every time that we watch a movie that has them. These kids are at least good. And I think I think Abigail Breslin is surprisingly good for being being that age also kind of funny like i know again this is not a comedy but like there's the scene where like they're in the basement and like the light goes out and like he shines the flashlight on her and she's like i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) and like they kept going like she just stood there in the dark like i'm fine okay or when the dad's like stop it you're gonna scare her and she's like i'm already scared yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i changed my vote (laughs) you can't change your Oh, it has nothing to do with the children, though. I just had a quick question about the Last Supper scene. I'm sorry, but he had all the ingredients already in his house for all of that stuff. Fucking wild. 
they were listing everything off and I was like, I don't think we could make any of that right now except for maybe spaghetti. So Brandon, maybe he had plenty of food stocked up and he said, fuck it. Fuck it. Let's waste it all. Don't know how long we're going to be trapped in this house. Honestly, I bet uh, I bet rural Pennsylvania chicken teriyaki sucks ass. There's a Chinese restaurant uh, in the town that my folks uh, come from in Mexico that my brother fucking loves. And I just can't bring myself to like if I'm ever down there, like Mexico is not the place I'm going <laughs> to eat fucking Chinese food, especially like in a mountainous city. Does it have a Chinese name or does it? <laughs> uh, apparently they're, they're Chinese owners or oh I mean, my God, okay. they might be Vietnamese or Thai or something. But wow, that's <laughs> Amanda would be so upset. Well, she should have been here to defend. The Asian people. The Southeast Asian people. (laughs) But yeah, Pennsylvania Chinese food. Probably no good. Awards, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, let's let's do Tobey Maguire first. Tobey Maguire honorary award for... mm, Bad acting? Question mark? Would he like to nominate someone in particular? Jennifer? Well, I don't know what his name is because it's that one random ass dude in like the Air Force military sign up shop doing way too much. I don't know if he was like a part of the family or something of M. Night, but like no one said, hey, can you just bring it down? We're in Pennsylvania because he recognizes um, what's his name? Merrill. Oh, hey, you're that guy. He's like, why aren't you in the big leagues making stacks of cash and getting your toes licked by beautiful women? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What? <laughs> I think in the research though he was doing like a shout out to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> classic, classic. This guy really wants his toes licked, <laughs> or whatever he said. Don't we all? I knew. It. I said. I told Nick. I was like, "Oh, I bet Brandon loves that." Baited. Um, Ryan, I think we all agree on this one. <laughs> the vet Ray Reddy, that actor. Sucks. I don't know his name, but if he can make it in Hollywood, I don't understand why I haven't yet. You know, as someone who looks very similar to him, I would agree, Ryan. His voice is a is a lower pitched Tom Haverford. And when I realized that everything he was saying, I was like, oh, at the end of it, I was like, God, if if only I could just have like a little Aziz and Zari just have a little twist to it. And be like. I'm so sorry, you know. I guess I'm not gonna go to heaven. <laughs> I couldn't take that scene seriously, and it took me out. That's why I nominated him. I understand he likes to do this thing where he throws himself in all his movies, just has a little, little, little role. Hey, that's cool. He's if I was a director, I would do that too. Hitchcock. His thing is, it just sounds like he's just reading lines because my man, and we'll get to him a little bit later, is really going for it. You just, you can tell a professional actor. From a non-professional actor. Blatantly obvious. You would think. Um, oh boy. And and so it comes to this. Um, I don't know where Antonio stands on this. But I think that I'm going to win. As far as uh, nominating the right person. For a Tobey Maguire award this, this week. Because I know for a fact. That I'm getting Brandon's vote. It's Mel Gibson. What the fuck are you doing Mel Gibson? My uh, you're not my guy because I uh, quite quite anti-Semitic. Um, but like, just give me something. 
give me something other than a, a blank slate for 95% of the movie and then um, yelling at your children at a dinner table for the other 5%. Give me something believable when you're talking about your own loss of faith. Give me a sign of life, Mel. To be fair, he didn't do that bad when he was talking to his wife. I suppose. And was quite entertaining when he was running around the house cursing. And he's like, I cursed. And Joaquin was like, I heard it. Because he said ass. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brandon, I just need confirmation for you. Uh, it's it's either Mel Gibson or Rory. Interesting. Antonio, you're you're a deciding vote here. Can I hear Ryan's argument for why Mel Gibson is nominated for the Mark Wahlberg Best Performance Award before I decide? That's fair. That's fair. Rare, rare, by the way, rare that we get someone nominated, the same actor nominated (laughs) for both of these categories. I just bought his performance. I bought him as a man who looked like he'd lost his faith and was trying to re or and had no intention of regaining it and then does throughout the film. And I think, I think the the thing that sells it to me is the look in his eye when he's on the couch and we haven't gotten to the scene yet, but when he's having the conversation with, with Merrill about the two types of people, the way he delivers the point and the way he tells it kind of like with his eyes. And it's so good. In fact, so much so that there's actually a callback to it towards the very end of the movie when Meryl tells him that look in your eye, I don't ever want to see that ever again. And there is this look of a man who is really hurting, really upset, and really angry. And I bought it. I, I felt emotional when he was trying to eat his food and realizing how much of an asshole he was being to his kids and realizing he didn't want to do that. He didn't want, but he was just so internally angry about everything. You know, not to get too too personal, but as a, as a person who's been sort of down that road, I felt it, I bought it, I appreciated it. Antonio, you have to decide now. Hmm. Team Nick. Yay! <laughs> Fuck you, Mel Gibson. <laughs> I promise this is not for the Jew thing. It is. Um, you just accepted my trade, Ryan. <laughs> I did accept your trade. The other trade. <laughs> I don't think your nominee for, for best performance is going to win this week. Does anybody else have any other nominees? Oh, mine's Joaquin Phoenix. Beautiful. Well, he did give up you know, his shit to go help out his brother. Yes, good for him. And then he just constantly gets shit on for having like the biggest strikeout record. Joaquin Phoenix came along 20 years later. He'd be in the big leagues because they don't care about strikeouts anymore. That's right. Hashtag three true outcomes. Hashtag Moneyball. Brandon, Antonio, what are what are your guys' uh, who's the standout here? The alien. Nice. I mean, he went through a lot. You know, his uh, method acting, lost two fingers. Um, rough. I guess it's uh, it's it's Joaquin Phoenix is the. That's right, Brandon. The. Uh, we're one in the same. Best performance here, but that alien's a close second. I thought little little Abigail Breslin was was real nice. Um, that's also Amanda's vote, even though Amanda's not here. But since she's not here, your vote doesn't count for two. No, my vote doesn't count for two. This is last award, I guess. The Alonzo Harris Best Scene Award. It's the for me. It's the kitchen table scene where. Mel Gibson uh, says that he's not going to waste another minute of prayer. His kids are crying and there's a lot of tension in the air. And 
then he just he breaks down and starts crying and then he hugs his kids and then he he reaches over and pulls Joaquin Phoenix in because it looked like Joaquin Phoenix wasn't going to participate in the hug at, at first. And then Mel Gibson was just having a moment and he pulled Joaquin Phoenix in to, to hug him and then he couldn't find the top of his head to like grip him properly. That was real for me. More real than I think the or the, the two types of people scene. So for me, it's going to be the kitchen scene. Antonio? Yeah, I concur. Jennifer? Uh, so mine's a four-parter because they go back to the truck pinning her down to the tree a few times. Yeah. I'm going to put those all together as one scene. So the scene where his wife dies? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's real intense. It's that or like, I don't uh, The whole basement scene is pretty good. I, I have one minor quibble with wow. the basement scene. Uh-huh. The basement scene. The basement scene. <laughs> Excuse me. The basement scene. Um, they're all next to each other. Mm-hmm. Joaquin, Mel, and the kids. They're all next to each other, and then they're like, "Oh shit!" There's another place for them to get in. And Joaquin and Mel Gibson, which cinematography, great by the way. They split up and they go around searching, right? And you're telling me in that time, little Rory scampers through the dark. And scampers over right in front of the coal thing so that when when they get to the end, when Mel and Joaquin get to the end and they shine their flashlight on it, he's suddenly like directly in front of it. Rory, stay still. There are aliens around. Not to mention it's a creepy basement. It is. What are you doing? And he couldn't feel the air. He's standing right in front of it. He knows what they're looking for, right? Like he's not that stupid of a kid. I agree, Jennifer. I think I think the 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 wife's death scene is pretty powerful. Maybe it would have been more impactful if they had like left it all in one. But I do like the way that it's sort of, you know, interstitial. It's what builds kind of like the actual drama of like what goes on in every other scene. Right. Is this is what happened. Here's why these characters are all affected and linked. And yeah, it pins it all together. You don't laugh at my jokes. You're making a joke about a woman who got her lower half cut off. All right, we're watching Scary Movie 3 tonight. Did did that line not get you, Jen? When Mel Gibson goes, are you telling me this is the last time I'm going to talk to my wife? Yeah. I don't think it did because I know that I went and watched, I haven't watched Scary Movie 3, but I did watch the the scene that, that references that particular conversation. But it's basically... It, it makes light of that that part of the thing where she's telling That's him. So shitty. <laughs> Have you seen it, Ryan? No, it's I. Not, it's like not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's hilarious. I think these these spoof movies kind of put like a version. Like you go in with a preconceived notion of already. Like if I, if you've seen if you've seen not another teen movie and then you go watch she's all that you're like okay this is really stupid. But if you watch she's all that before. I don't know. You appreciate it more. I'm just, you know, I just think the spoof movies kind of, kind of fuck shit up. Also ghost written by M. Night Shyamalan himself. Like a sixth sense ghost. Um, well, I'm not going to explain the, I'm not going to detail the scary movie three joke. It's it's Charlie Sheen wants to, w- wants to figure out if he can get one last fuck in. Well, oh, I, you're talking about that part of it. I, yeah, I was talking about... Well, when he's like, she says she doesn't want him to go be with anyone else. Oh, <laughs> he's just like, I'm sorry. These injuries are. She's talking crazy. Just move the truck. <laughs> She's like, don't sleep with anyone else. And he's like, what? 
can't. Just go to the light. <laughs> That's hilarious. Come on. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. Um, Ryan, what you what you got? Best Alonzo Harris. Yours. You go ahead. You. I would just, Ryan, I, I know that you, you have come to me, but I would like you to explain to me what I imagine your favorite scene is, um, which is the two kinds of people dialogue. It seems like that's a very impactful scene for people, but I have a problem with it. Yeah, that is my favorite scene in the movie, because to me, that is like the entire point of the movie is that there are these two types of people out there in this world, the people that, the, like the the believers and the non-believers. But to break down the scene is, it's basically how you can be, you're either one or the other, or you can actually go from being one to another. That's it. And I, I appreciate the way the scene is written. It's supposed to be a very, very intense scene, and it is, but I love how they end the scene with, like comedic relief. And I think Joaquin Phoenix does such a great job telling the story of the time that I was going to make out with somebody. And when I went to spit my gum out, she puked everywhere. (laughs) And I would have been scarred by that. (laughs) Mel Gibson could have said his monologue and it would have faded to the next scene. But instead, it was so brilliantly written to just add subtle joke into there, a little humor into this scene. That's why I appreciated it. But what what dialogue wise, what's your issue with it? It's just, you know, the Mel Gibson, the concept of the thing, right, is there are two kinds of people. And and um, the whole speech up until the point where Joaquin asks him, which one are you? And he goes, does it matter? Right. Mel Gibson says, does it matter? Or it it doesn't matter or, or something like that, you know, because it, it doesn't. Right. In, in the context of giving the speech at that particular moment in time, it it doesn't matter Mm, i think the reason why he asked that is or i think because joaquin said something along the lines of can't you like can't can't you just make me feel better for just a minute or something like that right so then he goes on his spiel he says his monologue and then he goes well which one are you i think he says something along the lines of either does it matter or doesn't matter or does it matter in which case if i tell you is that going to continue to comfort you i think is the the way that was meant to be understood sure which I guess the idea is that um, so so he goes on this speech with the intent of providing his brother comfort. Mm-hmm. And then which person are you? And he has the perfect response to that when you're and I think that we've all been in the situation where we are asked to choose a side and we know that um, the answer that we truly believe is not going to um, provide the person that we're talking to the comfort that they want. And he has the perfect non-committal answer, which is, does it matter? And he's out. He doesn't need any further follow-up. And then Mel Gibson goes back and is like, actually, there's no one up there. Like, nobody gives a shit about your about your stuff. You know, like, he he basically goes into Doomer, Mel Gibson. It, it, there's like this weird sort of switch that's flipped. And I don't like that. Like if they would have cut that and then just gone immediately into the Joaquin thing, just a just a minor thing. Two thirds of that scene are are fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, Ryan, I think I think we're going to lose out to the dinner table scene. That's what we're going with as as our Alonzo Harris best best scene. Can I just say, 
as a Mel Gibson fan of this performance, that is the most overacted scene in this entire movie. I hate the crying. And I'm just very surprised that you two choose that scene of the movie. But hey. If it's your most overacted scene, then how could he be the best performer and not the Tobey Maguire Award? Oh, you can have an overacting moment. I mean, do you really think the, like, for instance, look at Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. I think all the dancing and prancing along the, I think that's all overacting. I agree, but I also think that the performance is bad. But understanding what the performance was meant to do, I think it's all overacting. That that whole prancing and the music and the up the steps and down the steps, it's, you're, you gotta overact. So do I need to see Joker or not? No. Okay. Not, don't, you're all right. Yes. It's a four. Yeah, listen listen to the man. Hey, Antonio does not give out fours, so I'll take it. For a guy who does give out fours, I wouldn't give it a four. I might give it a three, but I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> Sometimes I wish for an alien invasion. Um, quotes, guys? Quotes, anybody? Oh, I had mine with the toe licking. Fantastic. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? That that was a very thought-provoking line, which is what the purpose of this movie was. And what not to do in an alien invasion. <laughs> I don't know how Mel Gibson survived. Faith. Spoiler alert. Oh. He didn't. Mel Gibson at the end? A ghost. Um, <laughs> Yours, Nick? I have a strong memory of the trailer having the line that Abigail Breslin says, which is, there's a monster outside my room. Can I get a glass of water? Um, so that was... Immediately warned. <laughs> Yes, she wants the water for the monster. Set the tone. Stuck with me, yeah. 18 years later. From the file of funny Joaquin Phoenix moments um, when he's talking to the police officer and he says, excluding the possibility that a female Scandinavian Olympian was running around outside our house last night, what else might be a possibility? Fantastic. <laughs> that was a great line. Also, you're in the middle of a cornfield, farmhouse type thing. There's not a single gun sword any weapon i told nick i was like how did he not grab a single weapon like they went down to that basement with nothing i can understand okay maybe not having a gun exactly but like he didn't they didn't grab anything to defend killing device i i don't know i'm not saying i could survive an alien invasion but i could have done things differently oh my god it's every time um i could survive i could survive being pinned to a tree by a truck. I could survive an alien invasion. I could survive zombies. Get a soldering iron. You gotta cut perfectly. There's people without their lower halves, Nicholas. You can survive. Stop looking at me like that. Well, I couldn't imagine living life without my better half. Anyways. Your lower half? <laughs> that too. Looking that, that too, obviously, that right? Too. <laughs> that too. Um... All right, rating ratings time. I'll go. Yeah, Antonio, give me give me the energy. It's a one. But why? It's just it's not for me. There's no like I said, I don't hate the movie. It's not a bad movie. Just by our rating system, that's a one. I wouldn't rewatch it, nor I would would I ask anyone else to watch it. Okay. I'm gonna step it up a notch, and I'm gonna give it a two. Why? Oh, I was going to do like a 2.5 
kind of decimal thing, but you know, I'll go on the wouldn't rewatch would recommend because I've seen it already so many times. I don't think about this movie that often, but if someone has asked about it, I'd be like, I'd watch it. Yeah. So you're going with the wouldn't rewatch, but would recommend even though you've rewatched this a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't rewatch it again at this point. I've seen it uh, way too many times. Boy, this one's going to be a one for me. Um, I just, you know, there's, there's, like I said at the beginning, there's too many questions to overcome. I would have liked to have seen this movie uh, flesh out, you know, some of more of the alien stuff because it's so central to the movie. You could have done a man find refines his faith in anything um, that didn't have to be aliens. But if it was going to be aliens and I have I have questions about the aliens that just didn't get answered. So it's a one for me. Ryan, you want to go last? I figured we go one, one, two, then you go ahead and do the three and then I'll go the four. Um, wow, wow, wow. You're giving this thing <laughs> a four. Okay, spoiler uh, alert. I I think if this movie... Um, I've tipped my hand a little bit here. I think if this movie didn't have Mel Gibson in it, probably be a three, but it's got Mel Gibson in it. And um, I would like to go back and, and um, think about the, the nuance and the um, subtlety and the interesting things that are done in this movie. But I don't want to see this performance by Mel Gibson again. So I think it's I think it's a two. Ryan, my beautiful island boy. Yeah, on. So real quick, the way I rate movies, obviously, and I kind of got to it a little bit like I rate a movie based on kind of the first impression I got when I saw it. Certain movies have certain meanings to me, and that's just kind of how I rate them. And then I had this like epiphany the other day because of what Antonio wrote about your like your last meal. And my last meal would be probably, and this is going to sound really stupid to some, it'd be Whataburger. I love Whataburger. I could eat that every day for the rest of my life, and I would be happy. Whataburger, on my rating scale, it's a four. Is it the best burger I've ever had? No. I've literally had the best burger you've ever could have that's won over and over and over again. And you know what? It is a four, but so is Whataburger. That's just the way I kind of rate things. So like when you look at signs, it's still difficult for me not to get chills when I watch this movie, thinking about the two different types and how is it pure dumb luck or is it an act of a higher power that Morgan has asthma? And that's why his lungs were closed when the poison from the alien came through or that Bo always leaves these fucking glasses of water everywhere or that at his wife's death, she would tell him, you need to see and then tell Meryl to swing away. Like there's some type of swing divine... away didn't even make any sense. How did it not make any sense? I don't know. I don't. I, I kind of think maybe we didn't from, see the right same movie. No, from a logistic standpoint, like the alien standing there holding this fucking kid, and the bat is so fucking far away. That alien hesitated. The the aliens, man. Okay, right. So, but that brings you back to the. It brings you back to the whole like, what's the motivation behind even breaking in to the house for the fucking alien? Like. His, he's been left here. He's been stranded here on Earth. He's missing two fingers. He breaks in for what reason? No one knows. 
fucking Graham has this epiphany, like, oh, swing away. And then instead of acting on anything, because an alien up to this point seems motivated enough to break into the house and has a plan, he scooped up this kid. But when this guy goes to grab a bat and is preparing to swing at him, does nothing? Nah. Doesn't make gasses, any sense. He gasses the little boy when he goes. He, the, sure, he gasses the little boy and then does nothing. That's true. He does just take his ass whooping. He had no idea that this that that thing that guy just took off the wall and was cocking back was he was gonna get hit with it. He's like, but oh, that, on Earth, I guess they just like tickle dudes with that with those but things. But that goes back to my original argument being that you just assume that the alien his leaps and bounds just more intelligent than we are. We don't know. Like, if they were so smart, why would they not see, oh, goddamn, look, that whole fucking planet's made of water. Maybe I shouldn't go there. Well, also, again, maybe they have no idea, but that's the that and that but that's the whole problem with this movie is there are too many maybes and what ifs. Ryan, are you a religious person? I'm a man of faith, but I don't I was raised Catholic. I just don't go to church. Church is about judging people. Fuck that. Right. But you, you have a belief in a higher power. Absolutely. But I'm not the type that will, Nick, have you had your walk with Jesus? I don't do that shit. Sure. I don't, like, I don't, mm, that's not me. Sure. I just think that some of that stuff informs the additional things that we add on to our viewing experience. This movie speaks to me in a different way than it speaks to a lot of people. One of the best lines in Ocean's 12, you didn't see the signs? I saw the signs. <laughs> recommendations? Anybody got Recommendations? Uh, there's a Kirk Cameron movie. It's called. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you brought up Chrissy Swanson, and she's in this new like anti-Obama movie with Dean Cain. In Stacy Dash? No, <laughs> she can't even get a job doing that. Um, Jennifer, did you have a recommendation? One for like the more invasion thing, but that's like not nice. Is Ten Cloverfield Lane? Okay. I know we've done Cloverfield, but Ten Cloverfield Lane was good. Right. And then another like alien type movie. Um, I guess if you're going to go the other non hostile kind of arrival. Oh, I was going to go arrival too. Shut those, up, Ricky, really? those are some great. Yes. Those are some great aliens. Very helpful. Glad they came. All my questions answered in that movie. Brandon texted me to say that. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Very good. Um, similar in scale, I think. And you don't necessarily see the alien until much later. I think I think that movie also suffers from having a weird sort of final 15 minutes. Probably doesn't necessarily fit with the rest of the movie. Um, I've already nominated this or I've already recommended this before, I guess. It comes at night. Interesting in that similar sort of vein. And then um, a movie called Take Shelter with Michael Shannon, who would have made this movie a fucking million times better if it was him instead of Mel Gibson. I also just want to add that my last meal would be sushi and a pint of bluebell chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Mm. Antonio, did you have an answer to your last meal? Nope. Okay. I was just curious about y'all. I love food too much. That would it honestly it um, boggles the mind. Paralysis of choice. I need I need you know what I need? I need um, I need very strict choices. When it comes to these things, perhaps, <laughs> um, perhaps three options to choose from. Ryan, can you can you think of anything that satisfies those conditions? Mm, I got a little one for you, Jen. You go first. Macaulay Culkin, Rory Culkin, Kieran Culkin. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. I don't like this. 
Brandon. <laughs> I'm just so am I thinking too much about it? Is my answer going to be wrong? Yes. <laughs> Nick, what would you go with? Uh, fuck Kieran, marry Macaulay, and kill Rory. Uh, mine's not It's the only answer. It's the only answer. Well, Jen, what's yours? I was going to fuck... Wait. Macaulay, marry Kieran, and kill Rory. I'd go with that. I just, Scott Pilgrim? I like it. Yeah, I guess... I guess it's um, like the most normal, if you're going to, like, if that's for life. Oh, I mean succession. I, I was get, well. That's the, that's the other thing. W- when you watch that, he's not normal. Oh. No, 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 no. But <laughs> I mean, he's kind of still on the come up. So yes, that's that's fair. I mean, I mean, how can you not say I fucked the kid from Home Alone? Uh, I don't you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> You're gonna marry the dude jerking off. Onto, Spoilers onto onto the window in his penthouse office. That's what you're gonna do. I mean, is that it's a fucking move right there? Listen, that is a move. That's a move of somebody that I would fuck, but not marry. It's <laughs> an important <laughs> distinction. What about you, Nick? Do you have one for our FMK? I do. MFK. Um, okay, so we're doing we're doing unbreakable signs and split. You're gonna you're gonna fuck signs. You're going to marry unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and you're gonna kill a sixth sense. That's what you meant, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unbreakable. And I damn it. It's America. Um Jennifer. What's your answer? My answer for unbreakable signs and split is that I would marry You're not gonna include the six cents. Okay, if it's six cents signs and, and split, then I would marry six cents. Fuck signs and kill split i didn't think split was that good what is wrong with y'all i just don't think that that james mcavoy that that james mcavoy performance is a gimmick it kind of is first of all i don't know that's that's actual acting not whatever Gibson's doing and not whatever the fuck Haley joel osmond's doing you haven't seen the movie i've seen enough (laughs) do i get an answer of course you do. No, y'all are just going to dismiss it and like jerk each other off to killing Split. Did you kill Split too, Ryan? Yeah, I killed oh, okay. Split. Actually, you know what? I want to know. I want to know one other one, Jen. How ironic. Oh, wait, you haven't seen that one. Never mind. That we would jerk ourselves off for killing a movie in which James McAvoy just jerks himself off on screen for two hours. So then six cents signs Split. Fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. Well, I'm marrying Split. <laughs> But which one would you kill? I'm gonna kill Six Sense. So you'd fuck a two. Yeah, she does it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>